Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, I know that's a long intro, but I don't care. I absolutely love it. Uh, Fantasy Firebox, first episode of 2022. Windaily Sports, you know where to find us at Windaily Sports. Make sure you go to windailysports.com. That promo code WIN22 gets you that first free month. Man, I am this Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, joined by my man, John Pittsburgh Coker. John, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. What we've been waiting around since last episode was probably January. Man, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, man. And, and for 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 the new people that are going to join in, uh, the, the the Wind Daily Sports audience that don't know, John, what's this going like? Probably like six years. Six, almost, like I think it's even longer than that, right? Me, and you. It was 2015, I think. 2015. 2015. Wow. Yeah. When we started the the heat ratio podcast together in our basement with wires all over the place, and <laughs> but just so everybody knows, listen, you're not listen. John's not going to be a guy that you're saying like on social media all day. But again, those guys that aren't like that are analytical gods, I call them. Right. So John is this guy who just cooks up these stats and he's projections. John, how long you been doing fantasy for, man? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. 30 years, probably, but yeah, 30 Listen, years. I don't know. John has his own spreadsheet, his own projection model, his own everything. So I'm just letting you know, man, this is just no guy to just pick off the street. Um, he, he's, he's got a great mind. We have a, got a lot of chemistry together. So uh, me and John will be with you today. This is a preview show, but every Saturday, you know, when John can make it, John got busy schedule too. When John can make it, he will be here. Um, if not, you're going to look at my ugly mug solo for 45 <laughs> minutes or whatever. But uh, what we're going to do, we get a little different format this year, right? So, you know, we're going to do the triple threat, the fancy football triple threat. Got a nice image made. We're going to give you a core three, a quarterback, a wide receiver slash tight end, and a running back. Those three that we think are going to be top point getters in our book that week. We got the FFBP play for both of us, a fancy firebox value play. You know to deal with that. And we're also going to have touchdown props. We're going to get a little jigsaw crazy. And we're going to talk DFS values too. Listen, anybody can pick the top guys, right? But who can pick the value guys out of the spot so john i mean this is because this is a preview show obviously numbers are already out for daily uh but again that's a little far ahead let's not even get into that but this just in general man like you know i've saw so many talk about do you go zero running back theory again do you not go zero running back theory and i've been doing drafts you've been doing drafts and i tell you man like i the more drafts that i do is it just me or after like the top maybe like maybe even two or three running backs. I don't feel comfortable at all with anybody. I mean, is that just me or is, is it just the way everything's going this year? Uh, it may feel a little bit more like that. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a running back hoarder. All right. <laughs> I, I don't care what it is. I mean, it's one of them things you look, I mean, a lot of leagues are even three receivers now, but you know, let's just say it's a two receiver league. Okay. That's 24, 12 team league, 24 guys starting. But think about how many starting receivers there are in the NFL. When you talk running backs and you got to start two, there's only 32 starters, if you could even call it that. But you got to stay start the same number as a wide receiver. So for me, I I I feel comfortable with the top 13 running backs, and I hope to get two of them. Wow, you said comfortable with the top 13. That's that's a big number, man, because you know, I looked at guys specifically like an Alvin Kamara, like like CMC. I, you know, I'm already starting to see now because people seen some preseason shows, CMC. You hear that talk about CMC's going right up to the top spot. He's be taking number one. Now, again, let me know if I'm crazy here. I've done two drafts, uh, you know, already. I have about five more lined up. But number one pick, I had the number one overall pick in both of those drafts that I've done. One draft, I took Jonathan Taylor. One draft, I took Austin Eckler. Now, a lot of people said I was nuts. Now, I've all been on record by saying if I'm in a PPR standard, not standard, PPR league that gives you those points per reception, that I'm taking Cooper Cup number one overall. John's going to laugh and tell me I'm absolutely nuts. Uh, but, John, here's my logic, and tell me if you agree. My logic with that is, I can't be touchdown dependent. We've talked about that on the show all the time. And I just feel that 
if I get a guy like Cooper Copper, even JJ and Justin Jefferson, and gives you that week to week production that you know he's getting eight for 80, he's getting eight for 95, even if he doesn't score. I need Jonathan Taylor to get 25 to 27 carries and hope he gets in the end zone to get that output. So, I mean, is, you know, do, do you believe in that logic of theory or are you still zoning in on that running back at, at the top spot? I mean, I'm not taking a receiver at the top spot. I mean, once upon a time, I think I took Antonio Brown first overall when he was putting up his career years. What happened um, him, but man? I think I think it was be what's that? I said, what happened? Was he that uh, nuts in Pittsburgh that all that time or what? <laughs> I don't think all that time, but at some point it was. Wow. Um, but no, I mean, you make a valid point. It still comes down to how many points are these guys scoring? And yes, I agree with you. I do not like being touchdown dependent either. There's probably two guys that I can count on touchdowns. It's Jonathan Taylor and, um, and Henry. Those yeah. are, those are the only two guys I'll put in the bank. They're getting double digit touchdowns. Everybody else could be anywhere six to, you know, whatever. But I mean, a six, you know, you're, if you're getting six touchdowns out of your you know number one RB, they're probably not that good of a number one RB. So, I mean, I see your point. The only thing that I'm, and I, even though I have cup ranked statistically well above Jefferson, I may take Jefferson before cup. I don't know what I will caution you on for with cup and Truthfully, any player that has finished as the top fantasy player, very rarely do they repeat it. All right. Let alone yep. Cup put up NFL record breaking stats. He's probably not going to do that. A regression to 80% still has him a top two receiver. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's terrible. I'm I just think people are paying up a little too much for Cup based on NFL record breaking year. No, nah, listen, I yeah, I've talked about that before too. I I completely agree. To duplicate that season. It, I mean, we we did see it back in the day with Marvin Harrison, but again, you know, that's Peyton Manning on the other side as well. Not Matthew Stafford with already a bum elbow that we gotta kinda gotta kinda look at a little bit. Now let me ask you this, uh, you know, full transparency here. John's got a full spreadsheet. This is what he does, and I'm not gonna give out all his secrets, but I wanna ask him about his top five right here overall. So just to let everybody know where John's thinking. His top five. This is overall. This is my position. He goes Jonathan Taylor one. He goes Christian McCaffrey two. Eckler three. Cup four. And this is where I want to ask you. Number five is Najee Harris. Now, for those who you don't all know, John is a Pittsburgh native. Okay. He's Pittsburgh John Coker for a reason. Now, John. I have Najee Harris ranked as my number three running back when we talk about top five. And everybody told me, no way. And my my idea was this specifically for value. Who else is getting the ball in Pittsburgh? So, it, you know, Najee Harris, is that the right line of thinking right there? I mean, I think so. There, I got, you know, even at, at running back, Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Harris, or, um, yeah, and, and Najee. That, that's my real comfort level because I just yep. think the volume's there. I mean, you know, any running back can get injured, but I think he has the most guaranteed volume. He's going to get touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to get 14 touchdowns. He's going to catch balls. He's going to be a three down back. You can't say that very much nowadays, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I have him, you know, you want to talk Kamara. I mean, that team's not all that good. He should be the focal point. You got, um, you know, Dalvin Cook. How many games is he going to play, you know, year after year? And I'll tell you, the guy that I'm down on this year, is um why do i keep wanting to say travis henry ah. derrick derrick henry <laughs> yo travis henry had some good years of buffalo i know man. i know uh derrick henry i think is i think he's going to be drafted a little high um and i'm talking mostly ppr look he i just see him taking a slight step back i still see him he's going to be a top 10 running back but i just don't see that top five in derrick henry anymore no, I don't either. I don't either. My man, my man, E checking in. E checking says, my God, TC, keep plugging away, bro. Listen, my man, E, shout out. Always there, man. Looking great. Newly married. Got the new bride. Living life. E, always good to hear from you and checking in. I watch, man. I follow. It's good to, that you're being blessed and, and living well, my man. Thank you, as always. So, um, this is what I'll say, John, is Derrick Henry is that guy that, 
have to have the TDs from. You just have to have the TDs from. And I understand that he will take over a game at any time. Yes, I get it. I just don't want to be waiting for that time. Right? I, he's one of those guys, I say, not undraftable, obviously, but for my team, for Jigsaw's team, when I'm drafting running backs, I'm I'm hesitant to draft Eric Henry. And I know it's crazy, but I listen, I just want consistency. I don't want to have to worry about, is it going to be this week? Is it going to be next week? I, I just don't want to worry about it. And listen, he can look as good as he wants, but when you have a foot injury like that as a running back, we watched that happen, and I know a different size, but we watched that happen in Philly and Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley, even though he went and signed a big money contract in Pittsburgh, he still was never the same guy. Okay, those injuries do tend to pop up again. So I'm just scared about that, even though you're not drafting on injury. Uh, but, John, you know, we, we we could talk all day about these top receivers. We could talk about. But the thing is, the, the gems inside the draft. That's what we want to all know. And if everybody watched, we got a ton of people watching. Listen, guys, any any draft questions, whatever it is, make sure you're following us at Wind Daily Sports. Make sure you're following. Listen, Sirius again, Sirius Satellite, XM 87, the Wind Daily Show from Saturdays from 9 to 11, Sundays from 9 to 11. We're going to have a little change up going forward a little bit, expanding the show on Saturdays, doing some different stuff during the week. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Trey already checking in right now. Trey goes, Full PPR redraft. If I draft running backs in the first three rounds and I see ETN is available in round four, should I draft him and stash him on my bench as RB4 or should I draft my wide receiver one and running back four? Now, I'm going to I'm gonna pivot the, tech, the technical question to John. What I'm going to give you, Trey, is an overall question, uh, answer about Doug Peterson. To say that Doug Peterson in Philadelphia never, ever, ever relied on one running back. He always had a committee, and he was always week to week inconsistent with that committee. So if James Robinson does get healthy enough to start backing into that that starting role, either one of those guys is going to be a good play. But I don't think you can rely on either one of them as an RB one. That's just my opinion, John. What do you think with this? Should he go draft them and stash, or should he go R, uh, wide receiver one? I mean, I think I got to go wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's it, it's not so – all right, more than anything, it's what is your receiving core going to look like if you don't take the receiver there? That's the big question. Yep. It, look, if there's nobody at that spot where if you see 10 guys and they're all the same to you, then fine, I'm fine with waiting. I'm not going to force a, a my first receiver pick if I, if I really don't like any of the guys, my gut though, look, three running backs is pushing it, you know, because I don't want to lose out on, you know, and have a terrible, not a terrible receiving core. Then you're going to be fighting to either do trades or pickups or something to fill those holes while you have, you know, potentially value on the bench. And you really don't want to draft to plan on a trade. You know, you don't draft to trade. It's, you know, it's just a lot of times you can't find the right trade partner or whatever. It's just, it's a lot of work for, you know, little value. So I would probably go with the wide receiver one, but if there's no one there that you like, you know, go with uh, ATN. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good point. That's, that's a technical, the technicalities of the question is I draft on a tier system. Uh, you know, I, I, everybody drafts differently. And if I'm looking at that spot and ETN is the higher tier in my running back tier as opposed to my wide receiver tier, well, then, yeah, I'm probably going to draft ETN. But if you're you're sitting there and you're looking at that wide receiver room, which I think you really need to look deep into because there's some, some gems that you can get later in these drafts at the receiver spot, I'd probably parlay into a receiver because I think they're going to be very, very valuable this year. Uh, Trey, as always, oh, absolutely, we appreciate you checking in. As always, make sure you're hitting that subscription button, the like button. Make sure you're following us at Wind Daily Sports. Uh, and again, if you're not signed up yet, WindDailySports.com, you go in there, get your free month of everything we have here, your projection models, prop models, uh, season-long rankings, daily updates, articles, WindDailySports.com. Just put in that code WIN22, and you'll get your first free month free, man. I'm telling you, it's no joke. Um, but anyway, John, talking about the receiver position, there's a lot of question marks here to a lot of different people when we talk about same thing as running backs, after maybe the top seven, top eight. And, and again, you know, 
you know I get crazy with my bowl predictions, and I think you love that. Um, and listen, sometimes, like you say, they come out. Sometimes they don't. Now, I've been on record with, with a lot of them uh, already, and, I, and I'm not afraid. Listen, I'm on. They're throwing me out in a national spotlight too, man. When I'm throwing these things out there, I got these. I got national people. Yo, what's this guy? Absolutely insane, <laughs> right? But it's okay. Now, one guy I'm going to bring up because we talked about Jonathan Taylor is MPJ, and I love Michael Pittman Jr. I love, love, love Michael Pittman Jr. And I keep saying that Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be drafted on every single one of my teams. Why, in my opinion, are people drafting him at the top 15? They're absolutely nuts. Who the hell are you looking at? My thing, John, is I look at a guy who's doubled production. Doubled production last year from year one, okay? And what is he again? People, listen, third-year wide receiver. We talk about that number. He went from 40 to 88 last year, 61 to 129, and his quarterback sucked ass, okay? He was terrible. So you think about what he did last year in that system. This is number three in that system, and he gets a guy in Matt Ryan that just loves to throw the ball over the middle, which is where Michael Pittman Jr. is going to live. John, I'm on record to say it. I'm going to say it again. Michael Pittman Jr. will be a top seven fantasy wide receiver this year at the end of the year. Move Stephon Diggs out of your top seven, okay, and bump Michael Pittman Jr. up. That's for me. Where are you saying on MPJ? Is that too bold for you to go with or what? I know you're looking. I, <laughs> you know, I, I was almost fine with it till then you started – bump him above digs then you lost me dude. Uh, you lost me on that one okay um no I, you know i really like Pittman as a rookie coming up i really i i thought from the get-go that he was going to be i think he's going to be a really good nfl receiver for a lot of years he got um you know he got nice size body control hands i mean the guy can catch the ball you know you look at what his quarterbacks were the past you know couple years in the quarterback exactly. play um, you know, really bad. But the so the one thing that does concern me, though, I know you insert Matt Ryan, but if it's still going to be the same offense, they're not a really big passing offense. Not that they can't be, but is that philosophy going to change? Because that's really the only cap on Michael Pittman. So I have, I'm comfortable with him around 15, maybe okay. 12. I can see him going i i think he's gonna I'm, he won't be on my teams because i think he's gonna get drafted a little too high for my liking but i think he's i expect nine to catches out of him i expect 1100 yards out of him you know what i mean i just don't know then you got to look at that like you we started out touchdowns you can't be touchdown dependent what does he get if they're anywhere in the five yard line even possibly in well i shouldn't say in the 20 but they're gonna run the ball with taylor so right you know, he may only get five, six touchdowns, which you just have to be cautious if you're taking him at as your num number seven wide receiver over, you know, the number seven receiver uh, that, that may hinder him a little bit. Well, again, this is where I, I, I'm saying he'll finish. I, I and I do think that you're right in the sense that he is getting overdrafted. I get it. A lot of people are drafting by projection um, and, and that's not wrong. Uh, but but I draft by week to week production from the previous year. I draft by you know what what has changed. Like John's is saying, what kind of offensive system do they employ? And that's the things you have to look at. You don't want to be touchdown dependent, obviously. Uh, but John's got them ranked at number twelve right now. And John, you know this is John's spreadsheet, right? So John's got them ranked at number twelve. Now, but I want to ask you a guy that you have ranked above him. Okay, so is it? Based on the system, you have Mike Evans above Michael Pittman Jr. Now, are are you saying that? Is that based on because it's Tom Brady versus Matt Ryan? Is it because it's Tampa Bay versus Indianapolis? What's kind of your thought process going between those two? Well, first of all, this is all data-driven. So yep. this is purely, I didn't put Mike Evans on above Michael Pittman. That's the way the numbers worked out. And by the way, the uh, it, it's a three-point difference over the whole season. So you're talking. Wow, see that? Look at that. And a PPR, that's three catches. Nobody in the whole industry can project every player within three catches of what they're going to do. So that's one of the things that, you know, on my spreadsheet that I always look at. 
there can be, you know, especially when you're receivers, like I, I can look now Pittman at 242, Tyreek at 240, then you got 236, 236, 234, 234, 234. There's no difference between those eight receivers. There's no difference. So, I mean, bottom line is Mike Evans. I see him getting the touchdowns. And yes, you, if bottom line, the passing game comes down to how many passing touchdowns and yards are Matt Ryan going to throw for and how many is Tom Brady going to throw for? That's the difference between Pittman and Evans. When you break it down like that, that that's why I tell everybody, like, you don't have to reach, right? When, when, when the guy asked about ETN, I mean, it was like, look, we have to sit there and think about what the difference of the share is from week to week, and it's really not that much. Now, our man, our man Sticks, who runs our NFL at Wind Daily Sports, and again, make sure you go WindDailySports.com, get your first frog month of gold with the Win22 code. He has Michael Pittman Jr. on his season-long rankings at number 11. Right. So, you know, it, it seems like everybody seems to be in the same line of thinking. And he also, like John, has Mike Evans ranked above him one spot, 10 to 11. That That's his, you know, he's rounding out his top 10 with Mike Evans and number 11, Michael Pippen Jr. So I look at it as Jigsaw's not that crazy expecting Pittman to jump off five spots. That's all I'm saying. So I just look at this is his year. Because the third wide receiver year, the third year is just it, it, something clicks. But it clicked with him last year, and now he doesn't have that bump Carson Wentz, and he actually has a guy, even though Matty Ice is a little old, okay, he he still can be able to sling it out there, which I absolutely like. Look at Coach, Coach Dave checking in. Coach Dave with, with giving us a, he, the, the typical coach thumbs up. He's sitting there watching. He's probably giggling right now uh, as we said that. Uh, but let me ask you about another guy. And then we're going to get into risers and fallers, okay? Because he's, this is just for my own personal benefit here. Um, you know, I, I've looked at a lot of different guys. We had a guy on our show, uh, you know, and Jake Ellenbuch, and, and and he absolutely told me that he made a bold prediction. And again, these are just hot takes, which I love because you never know they're going to come out. But he said Al Robinson could actually out-touch Cooper Cup this year. He said this is the first year that Al Robinson has technically a steady quarterback. He doesn't have to be the guy. He's a number two guy in offense, kind of like Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, right, in, in that same kind of mold. And he expects Al Robinson to absolutely explode. Now, Al Robinson on our list, on our projection model with, with, for sticks, is number 12. Now, when I look at John's, and again, these are just, you know, obviously, like you said, they're, they're stat-driven. You know, Al Robinson is 23 now john let me ask something you do have him at 84 and almost 1100 yards which i i think that's really really good i you know i think he might break the 90 the 90 catch barrier but al robinson does he have this opportunity to finally just break out i mean i know he had some good years in jacksonville but as being a number two guy do you think he actually does better uh, than people are going to expect i think so I mean, I I think that you know, that passing offense, once again, there's enough volume, um, you know, even when it was Cup and Woods before his injury, when it was Cup and Odell Beckham, you know, last year, there there's enough balls for, to have two really productive receivers in that offense. I mean, even before Stafford got there, Goff was feeding Woods and Cup, both of them. Both of them were basically top 15 receivers. You know, that was with Goff. So there's definitely the volume there, um, you know, I don't think Robinson is going to be Stafford's number one guy. I think he got the rapport with Cup. So I still think Cup is going to be the guy. You know, as for Allen Robinson, I think he he's going to be able to just go out and play a little bit looser. You know, like you said, he was dependent on thinking look, he was in what Jacksonville. Who did he have thrown? Blake Bortles to him? <laughs> I don't know who the quarterback was when he was there. And then he goes Gardner. Into, well, was, Gardner. Was it Gardner? Was uh, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. He goes from Jacksonville, then he goes to Chicago with that carousel of quarterbacks. Oh, it's like he's he's never really had a good uh, quarterback. So I mean, I think it's definitely going to be an upgrade for him. I think there's enough. Uh, like I said, he'll get enough looks and everything. I think he'll have a good season. But I mean, am I really? Uh, it's tough for me to put uh, the second receiver on the same team, you know, in the top twelve, especially when they're coming onto the team new. If there's an established rapport, like I'm saying, a Godwin and an Evans, you know how they coexist with Brady. Bringing yep. Allen Robinson in, you know, it's still a little question mark. So this is where we're going to get to the fun part of the show. 
right? We can talk about rises and fallers. Talk about guys that maybe people are talking about a little too much. Guys, we expect that maybe you're in that top 15 and they're going to fall out of that top 15 this year. I'm going to pat myself on the back again. I keep saying it. I called the Stefan Diggs regression last year. Nobody, everybody told me I was crazy, right? But he did regress a little bit. And now we got a guy in Gabby Davis who, you know, Jigsaw's favorite person was Gabby Davis. I mean, John, how many times was I glowing over Gabby Davis? And then he became the guy right now. He's not the number one out there, obviously, but I think we we can expect even more out of Gabby Davis this year. So let's let let let's have some fun with this because we all know you win in season long fantasy. You win in round seven to twelve. That's that's where you win. It's it's you know who are those guys that are being overlooked? Who are those guys falling away because people are starting to reach? Who are those guys that people have forgotten? So I, I, you know, I want to, we're going to mention some guys that I feel number one, that are going to rise above where they're at. And we're going to mention some guys that maybe we feel are going to fall where they're at. And maybe some guys are going to stay the same, but let me, let me ask you this question, Don, because I was asked this on the show a couple weeks ago and I was on uh 95, seven, the fan with Gene Pataglia, great guy covers the Buffalo bills. Um, beat reporter and he asked me put me on the spot and I and again you know when you do fantasy and you get put on the spot you got to think fast and he said to me give me a running back that's right now being you know ADP wise ranked outside of the top 10 that you feel that can possibly push for a top five label, like meaning like he could finish as maybe the fifth guy out of the top five. We got it. You know, I was like, oh, that's an interesting question because I do like a lot of guys that are outside that top 10. And my my answer was DeAndre Swift. And I know some people are keep looking at the Jamal Williams factor and all this, but I am telling you something right now. And I, I will we'll ask on the same question also if he agrees with me, but if DeAndre Swift, can stay healthy if he can stay healthy he is uber talented man on a team that is going to like to be dynamic a team that because of Jared Goss limitations with his arm are going to keep the ball a little closer to the chest DeAndre Swift is going to be a tremendous guy out of the backfield you know you have another another year of Monterey St. Brown who's going to be PPR monster so for me if i had to pick one guy john to bump into that number five spot by the end of the year it would be deandre swift that's looking outside the top 10 right now number one what about you is there a, a running back and, and what do you think about deandre swift when it comes to that i like swift um I, he's like a, he's one of them dual threat guys look he, yeah. he may not necessarily <laughs> break a thousand yards rushing but he still gets those rushing touchdowns. He catches a lot of balls. He catches, you know, gets receiving touchdowns. So I like Swift a lot. Um, you know, the Jamal Williams factor, I think, is a non-factor. I was more concerned last year when they first came on board, were they going to use him in the goal line and things like yep. that? But, you know, they showed confidence in keeping Swift in there. Um, you know, look at what he's done in only the 13 games that he's played the past two seasons. So health is absolutely the number one concern. But I think anytime you could get a running back that not only gets the touchdowns but can catch the ball, I mean, that's what you're looking, you know, that's top five. Like, that's how yeah. you get to the top five. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> after I say that, I'll uh -oh. say Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb has fallen a little bit in drafts. I think he has the potential. Now, once again, this is all touchdown dependent. Yeah. And, you know, there are also rumors, you know, Kareem Hunt asked for a trade, I believe. He doesn't want to be there. You know, does he get traded? If he, he does, does, you know, and same thing, like they still have Dearness Johnson. But, look, there's no, no Deshaun Watson for the first 11 games. All right, you got Jacoby Brissett. They're already a running team. Um, I, I just I see Chubb getting volume, and then the question is, when Watson does come back, what does that do for the whole offense? Does that just open things up even more so that when you know when they do run the ball, he's more productive? And, you know, they're not stick; they can't stick all the guys in the box when Watson's back. You know, so I I would go with Chubb there, but I I like Swift a lot too. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on Chubb because this guy's dropping out of the top fifteen. Of running backs just people are scared i i could tell you something <clears throat> besides 
possibly Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's a more pure runner, pure runner than Nick Chubb up in that top area. I, you know, and De- Derrick Henry is just a bruising back, right? But I'm talking about a guy who has elusiveness and a guy that can run hard between the tackles, right? Derrick Henry's just, he's just a monster, right? He's like a Jamal Lewis. But Nick Chubb, he's got a lot of elusiveness that people don't give him credit for. And he, he's being dropped. Listen, I, I can't, dra- John, I can't dra- draft Nick Chubb, but, you know, after Javante Williams, I can't, I, you know, I, I can't draft Nick Chubb after James Conner. Like d- these guys have to fall below. Like I got to draft Chubb above these guys. I, I'm sorry. Even a guy like Leonard Fournette, I, I still think I draft Nick Chubb over. I, I it's just my opinion. I just I, I like his, you know, I, I I like what he brings to the table a little more and, and, and because of his running style. Um and exactly what you said. I mean, listen, Kevin Stefanski's a run run first guy. He always will be. Um and I do think Kareem Hunt gets traded. I, I I think they want they have to change the culture on that Cleveland team with everything's going on right now. So they want zero distraction. They already have a major distraction to Sean Watson. So I really think that they want zero distraction. I think he'll go somewhere. It could be Philly. Who knows? I, I don't know. I, I, where smoke, there's fire. Everybody keeps saying no, but I don't believe that. I think there's a lot of talks going on beside, behind the scenes with Philly and, you know, Kareem Hunt. So let's, let's go this, John. I want to know. Give me a couple guys. Give me a receiver. Give me a running back or give me two running backs. I don't care. Give me a couple guys who will be on fantasy football championship rosters, okay, that aren't going to be drafted in the top five rounds. A guy that people aren't looking at that could be that that gem that they steal late in the draft that while we're talking week 15 and week 16, we're going, damn. How did how did this guy fall? And he's just plugging away, man. You know, give me give me a guy. You give me a guy. I'll give a guy. We'll go back and forth. I got a couple on my list. I'm, I'm curious to hear who who do you got for a late round stealer? A late round stealer that could be a fancy football gem. I mean, I, there's all kinds of different levels of deep here. Um, I know. You know, I'll I'll throw out you know two that are probably the highest ranked. I do like ETN, who we touched on a little bit earlier. There you go, Trey. I'm, I'm digging him. Um, and Damian Pierce. I mean, that that's the name that everybody's talking about, Damian yep. Pierce, Damian Pierce. But I probably won't end up with him because I think he's going to continue to shoot high up the draft board. This is still a not-too-good Houston team, okay? I know you're elusive and everything, but it's still a bad team. So, you know, I just – slow the brakes a little bit i really like him but i think he's he's jumping up draft boards a little too high damian pierce has really really flown off the draft boards i Mm -hmm. i and again because nobody really knew about him people start talking about him right you got lovey out there lovey loves to run the ball um and it's a bad team like you said so there's no pressure on the rookie out there and and i said this before this is the difference between him and a James Cook. Now, I like James Cook at a Buffalo, but I'm huge on Devin Singletary. I don't care what anybody says. I am huge on Devin Singletary. And here's the difference. Devin Singletary, okay, is a veteran running back who understands blocking schemes and he understands pass protection. Sean McDermott is from the Andy Reid school of thought. Andy Reid, for years, we wanted him to start rookies. Brian Westbrook. Shady McCoy. He didn't want to get Donovan McNabb killed. Josh Allen is the the main asset that's going to make that Buffalo Bills team roll. You can't have a rookie on the field that misses a couple blocks and gets your quarterback destroyed. Now, the reason why I tell you that is because if you go to Houston, I no disrespect to Davis Mills, but Houston isn't expected to to move on anywhere. So Damian Pierce is going to get more opportunities even if he misses pass blocks and misses pass coverage or fumbles the ball because there's no pressure, right? It's a different situation. So, I, John, I mentioned names like one-hit wonders in Houston like Steve Slayton. I mentioned names like Arian Foster. These guys who had tremendous rookie years under bad teams in Houston with Matt Schaub being a quarterback. I mean, come on. Like, this can happen. But I got a name for you. I like those two names. I'm going to go even deeper. Right, I'm going Eno Benjamin 
from the Cardinals. I, I, another guy. Again, these are deep guys. I, I'm telling you, Eno Benjamin is going to be on somebody's fantasy football championship roster. Here's a kid who had a lot of issues, right? W- w- was was getting banished from practices. A guy at Kingsbury was very down on, said he had tremendous attitude issues. Um, but now he's worked on his mental stability, worked on his game. And if you notice, Kingsbury has done nothing but sing his praises this year. I do not trust James Conner one bit to be my full-time RB1 all year on an NFL team. He's not going to last, people. I'm telling you that now. They want to chase Edmonds to be that next up-and-coming. He couldn't cut it, okay? Eno Benjamin, though, they're going to try the same thing. They know. They realize. So I think Eno Benjamin's going to be a late-round steal. So, John, that being said, you got another guy, maybe a receiver. You got a receiver on the yeah. list well, um, that just, maybe very, very late that that could really bode some tremendous value. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let me hit on three three late running backs real well, quick. Oh, all right. Yeah. To, Whatever you got, well, man. I, yeah. I, I, the guys I gave were a little, you know, not like late, late. I, you want to go deep. I, I like Tyler L. Algier the, for the Falcons. Yep. He could be the running back that plays the majority um you know later on in the year maybe even to you know at the beginning he's not on the top of the depth chart but by the end of the season he could be uh starting um i also like zamir white they just the the raiders just got rid of uh drake jacobs didn't pick up his fifth year option they you know the coaching staff has nothing invested in jacobs like he's he's out next year well that leaves you with zamir white and I, I could see him really, you know, as a late last, like um, later round draft pick. I'll just throw this out there. You want to get sneaky Mike Davis for week one or week two. Ooh. Mike Davis is probably going to be a starting running back with Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens because Edwards is out for four weeks and Dobbins. I, I'm questioning if he's going to be back. I'm just saying if for some reason, I don't know who the Ravens got in the first two weeks. But, you know, it could be a sneaky last pick. Like, yo, I just picked up my starting running back for the first two weeks. Yo, um, I like that. Uh, in terms of receivers, I'm really, as much as I like the running backs as late, I don't like many of the rookie receivers. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I don't see them getting the volume to really be viable. Yes, possibly on a week, you know, any given week, sure, but not with consistency I'd put in my lineup. The youngest guy I have is Josh Palmer with oh, the uh, with the yep. Chargers. He's, he's going to be their number three. They love the guy. I mean, I think it's only his sec- second or third year. I'm not quite yep. sure. He's, he's, he's a young guy. Um, they like him. Herbert got plenty of balls to go around and feed him. Williams, you know, with the attention on Allen and Williams, I see him getting, uh, you know, having a lot of uh, open looks or playing against, you know, the third third corner or whatever it may be. And then I'm going to throw out two other Michael Gallup. I'm sorry. I still think he's going to be the number two receiver with Dallas is, you know, first two weeks, he may not be at full speed, but I still like Michael Gallup. He's really coming on last year before the injury. Um, and DJ Chark, I think is, is just a lost guy. You said Amonra St. Brown earlier, I believe. Um, but DJ Chark, they signed him for a reason. All right. You know, you don't just go out and pay this receiver to, do nothing so i and he's a decent player he fell out of favor in jacksonville um but i could see as a late round guy he could surprise some what do do you think what do you think about those three i like listen i i'm a i'm a big dj chart guy there was see people forget guys when they play in bad situations like jacksonville and they forget once they play how good they were and then they get hurt and then he kind of goes off the scene this is a big play a big bodied receiver right and and this is exactly exactly what Jarrett Goff needs right it, it it's what he needs because they drafted Jameson Williams who's not going to be ready right he's not going to be ready Amonra St. Brown is the guy who's going to go across the middle and be that Hunter Renfro type guy so they need the big play guy. And, and let's face it, Jared Goff, his accuracy blows. Okay. So he needs a guy to just go up and get it. Right. So I, I think it's a great spot. Now, when we look at these receipts, I'm going to give you Josh, then Josh Palmer. 
I'm going to tell you something right now. Everybody, we had David Meltzer on on Sirius on Sunday night, and he's a guy who who is out in San Diego. Uh, I know it's L.A. Whatever whatever they're called now, right? Because I always get it wrong, uh, right? So, but he could he he couldn't stop glowing about Josh Palmer and about and he's at their practices every single day, and he couldn't stop glowing about how good this kid is and how they want him to be that guy. So I'm going to go deep too. Um, and, and, and if you, if you've followed me, you, you've heard me mention some of these names, I apologize, but I'm going to mention them again. One guy whose situation I absolutely love who you're going to get very, very late is KJ Hamler. Okay. Tim Patrick goes down who I thought was probably their most talented receiver. Yes. I'm saying that over Judy and over Sutton. I loved what Tim Patrick brought. He's out. KJ Hamler is a guy who coming off an injury and was, was utilized heavily in Penn State all over the field. Russell Wilson loves these smaller, quick receivers. Just think about it. Tyler Lockett, not to get comparison. Think about Doug Baldwin, right? You think about the receivers that he's last on to. Cortland Sutton's going to be every bit of their, of their DK Metcalf, okay? I get that. But everybody's latching on to Judy. I'm going to last on to KJ Hamler, a guy that you're going to get super late in an offense that's going to throw the ball. Russ is going to th- th- listen. This isn't Vic Fangio anymore. They, they, this offense, they're going to throw the ball. So for my money, 100%, it is going to be KJ Hamler show out there and you're going to get him late. And I'm going to go with a veteran here that I think everybody's overlooking Julio Jones. And I'm not, listen, we're talking about these late picks, right? Everybody's thinking Julio Jones is done. Let me tell you something. Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement because he was Tom Brady's boy. And what did Tom Brady do? He just consistently fed Gronk. Tom Brady, when he got Randy Moss, just consistently fed Randy Moss. Now, is Julio Jones that guy? No. But I am telling you, if you think for one minute that Tom Brady is not going to allow Julio Jones to be productive, you're out of your mind. Julio Jones is going to be reborn. He's going to be refueled, and he's going to finish up in those top spots. Top 10? No. Top 20? No. But you're going to get a top 25 receiver, in my opinion. Julio Jones, probably very, very late. And the last guy I'm going to say, because I don't want to go all day here because I could go, because I love value. You know, FFBP, Fantasy Firebox Value Play for a reason. You know, Jigsaw loves value. Devontae Parker. Go out and get you some Devontae Parker shares. Mac Jones could be the most talented quarterback out of that class when it's all said and done, and he has not had a guy to be able to consistently catch a up-and-out deep ball. Jacoby Myers is a great possession receiver. He's not Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker dealt with some trash in Miami. Okay, he's going to go out there, and you know they know how to utilize him. So there's my John. I, I, I'm glowing about Devonte Parker. I, I, again, these are late round gems. This is where you win. Sometimes this is where you win, man. So, uh, I know John, listen, any, before we get out of here and go to more, but just any, any other guys, it could be any position, um, that you want to mention as far as, you know, keep an eye on the situation, keep an eye on these guys late in draft, you know, any, any final thoughts here? Um, you know, I, I would say final thoughts in terms of the running backs, there's still a lot of committees out there. Um, so believe it or not, fantasy football is a lot of luck. We could do all the research <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want. We do not know how the carriers are going to shake out in Miami. We can take a guess and we'll, we got a 60% chance of being right. You know what I mean? You also got a 40% chance of being wrong. So there's a lot of potential committees out there. Um, you know, Houston, it should be Pierce, but who knows um, how much is Naheem Hines going to eat into Jonathan Taylor's workload. I mean, that's where you could really find some gems at running back. Um, only, I guess, parting thoughts would be at the quarterback position. I feel that there's 13 starting, 13 quarterbacks I'm comfortable starting. So, you know, it's not that I wouldn't take Allen or Herbert or something, but it's okay to wait at quarterback. You don't have to try to hurry up and get it. I'll be fine if I could get a Russell Wilson and a Kirk Cousins. I mean, look where Aaron Rodgers is going. He's he's not even Great getting point. drafted that high. You could get 
he, he could be the NFL MVP in theory. I mean, I know he lost Devontae Adams, but come on. I mean, you just keep going down the list. I mean, you got Brady, you got all the running quarterbacks. And truthfully, I got Jalen Hurts ranked number four. I, John, I want, can I come in and hug you real fast? Can I just, like, we're virtually away, but, uh, you know, we're not that far. I'm going to get my car, okay? We're going to, we're going to pop open a can of Steel City, John's finest. Iron City. (laughs) Right? We're going to pop open a can of Steel City, and I'm going to hug you because I love, I've been, listen, everybody knows, and I'm going to throw this out there. God damn it, I keep receipts. Okay, so all you frauds out there that last year were burying Jalen Hurts. Okay, when when I said he was going to be a top seven quarterback, and guess where he finished, guys? Number seven. All the people that said as an NFL he's not going to cut it, right? All those people who came in this year when I agree, which I I came on and said not only is he top five, I think he could finish as a number four. So me and John are on the same page. All you people that sound crazy, but then you're going to start riding his ass. In the middle of the year, go, oh, look at Jalen go. You're a fraud. I saw it all. So stop jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, I was all in. I started the hashtag all in with Jalen, okay, two years ago. And I'm going to continue to say that. But now I'm just, I'm happy. John, John I really, I, I do. I think the sky's the limit in fantasy for this kid. I'm not, I don't expect him to win a Super Bowl, okay. But from fantasy part, John, he, he just does so much. I, you know, everybody's focused on those top guys. Everybody's forgetting about this guy in Jalen that's going to be putting up monster numbers every week. Hey, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What is There is not that much difference other than there's more design plays in Baltimore. Yep. yep. 800 rushing yards. I'm, and that's 80 points. 80 points. Yep. Throw in rushing touchdowns. What's that? Another five, six on the conservative side. I mean, that, I, that's a I lot of it. points. You know what I mean? That's over a hundred points just in the running. So that's a, I don't think he's a top five quarterback in real life, but no, Hey, uh, this is a not. numbers game for fantasy. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, my man, Ivan checking. I got, I, I didn't see his Ivan. I'm sorry. Uh, Osborne, KJ Osborne. Yes. And, and you know what I like about that play? He He's on my list too. I like two guys from uh, uh, Minnesota. I like Osborne late. And I like Irv Smith Jr. from the tight end position, the guy that we were hyping up before he got hurt. This is going to be a different offense this year under Kevin O'Connell. Uh, you know, this is going to be an offense that throws the ball more than they did under Zimmer. So remember that, which means more, if you can expect that even more, even though I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy, but he's going to be throwing the ball more. So that means more opportunity for Thielen as a number two receiver, more opportunity out of the backfield for Dalvin Cook, and more opportunities for a speedster like K.J. Osborne and Erskine Jr. from a tight end position. Um, so I, I I like that, Ivan, 100%. And, John, what, I, what, what I'll finish on saying with Jalen Hurts uh, before you know we get out of here is understand something. You know, John does tons of stats. I do tons of research. But please understand something that it also comes down to an eye test. I say this all the time, right? So I don't take stats from preseason. But what I do do, and I'm talking about specifically when we talk about Jalen Hurts, is I try to grab what they're doing offensively and put that in my mind. And that doesn't mean the plays that they're running. I'm talking about the formations. And the reason why I say that is Jalen Hurts. Everybody thought, you know what? He may come in and be more of a passing style quarterback. Jalen Hurts was in the shotgun on every single play. He was diving through the line on several different occasions. He almost got lit up because he ran out of bounds, right? With a dude from the Jets from, from, I forget what his name was, but I'm just telling you that you have to look at that, and that says to me they're not changing nothing about Jalen Hurts, and all they did was add to his arsenal with A.J. Brown, another guy who's a yak guy who Jalen can throw the ball seven yards so when he could take it to the house. So, you, you listen, the numbers are going to be there. It's all about health, but the numbers are going to be there. Uh, but, listen, we're going to get out of here. It's Saturday morning. We went 51 minutes. We So, just so you know, we, we, we figured this show was going to be a little bit more than 45 because it's a preview show. We talked all different kinds of theories and analytics. Make sure you see WinDailySports.com, promo code WIN22. Uh, 
every Saturday, 9 a.m., like I said, it'll either be just me, or, you know, or it'll be John if he's available. Uh, you know, we may, I, I may have some people to come in, but it's going to be a half hour show under a half hour. Uh, you know, honestly, it, you know, you have line of questions, bring them. Uh, throughout the middle of the week, if you have a lot of questions, hit the YouTube page. I'll be more than happy to answer them. If I can't get the answer, I know John's on social media, but I could, you know, a lot. Even though I see John retweet like crazy, which it's awesome. I love when when the man supports everybody. Uh, but again, I can get the questions and the answers parlayed to you as well. Um, and it's a different format. Like I said, we're going to come here on Saturday morning. We're going to give you some DFS values. We're going to give you some touchdown props. And we're going to give you that fantasy firebox triple threat. But like I said, as always, make sure you're following at Wendell Sports on all social formats. And we have an NFL content meeting on Monday. I can tell you that tons of new shows are going to be playing. You'll be witnessing it. We got about four or five new staff members coming on. Uh, we got more stuff that we're going to be doing stories, series during the week. Keep an eye out for just throwing it out there on series. There's going to be a thing called uh, Jigsaw's Crazy Props. Just throwing it out there, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's always going to be fun, but as, as always, everybody enjoy your weekend. Stay tuned, too, for the 5-5. Five and five. We'll be coming up MLB 5-5 five five with yours, your, your, yours truly, me, uh, and Dave Glockner uh, filling in for Adam who's on vacation. So, as always, everybody, like we say, stay safe and stay healthy. Stay profitable. Stay profitable. That's a big thing. You want to stay profitable, and we'll catch you right back here next week. <laughs>